You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I am delighted to interview my new friend, Sarut K. Chavla. Originally from India, Sarut is a psychotherapist who now lives in London. She's practiced in the NHS and now runs her own private practice. Sarut has a special interest in personal responsibility and resilience, so you can see why I already adore her. I'm a huge fan and I followed her for some time on Instagram and we finally got to sit down for a candid conversation. The best part is that we don't live in the same echo chamber and we don't agree on all things, but having interesting and thoughtful conversations with intelligent and emotionally mature people is the best. And we both thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. I hope you enjoy this episode as well. As always, if you have any questions for the show or any ideas on future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. Sarut, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. I'm a huge fan of your content on Instagram, and I'm grateful I found you during this these crazy times because you really helped keep my head in the game. And <laughs> thank you so much for making the time to be on my podcast today. Thanks for having me on. Um, we've kind of, uh, I was really honored when you asked, actually, because um, I know we have a similar a similar ethos around personal responsibility, especially. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been resonating with that, that theme in your content as well. So happy to happy to be here and have this conversation. Thank you. That's what we're going to talk about today is personal responsibility. Um, the just the psychology around it. And how, you know, at the woke culture we live in, what it's doing to us as a whole, your posts are so spot on every single day. And it's, it's like you're putting words to the thoughts I'm having. Um, can you introduce yourself for the audience first? And then we're going to dive into that. Sure. I'm a psychotherapist based in England, um, in London, England. And, um, I work in an uh, integrative way, so I use more than one modality, but my main one is psychodynamic, um, which is sort of derivative of the psychoanalytic tradition. Um, and I am, well, I don't know what else to say about myself, really. <laughs> I'm a therapist <laughs> and I'm in England. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a great Instagram page that I think everybody should go follow. So we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. It's really, it's like my daily dose of like, all right, okay, I'm not alone in my thoughts here. You know, I come at it from the physiologic standpoint of health, but you come at it from the, just the, <clears throat> I don't know, I, the mental standpoint. I, I, so I'm 47, almost 48. And I grew up in a culture where we didn't give ribbons for participation. There were, there were grades. People got grades. People knew what each other's grades were. Mm. Um, you know, excellence was rewarded and encouraged mm -hmm. and it really brought about and competitive nature. You know, I did sports. I, I like that aspect of sports. I like the team camaraderie of that. Yeah. There are some big winners on the team, but everybody got us there in the first place and mm -hmm. everybody's got the same mental state of winning. Mm-hmm. I love strength training for the same reason, because it's a personal challenge. But in the strength training community, everybody's there just to get stronger. Nobody rips on each other. No one's trying to outdo each other. We're all there where we're at. We all have a different 
amount of weight we can lift, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody's encouraged to just get stronger. And so when this pandemic started, my account was pretty small and it exploded. And with it came a whole lot of people who I don't think were the right audience for me, to be honest. And so it's been a big challenge of me vetting out my crowd. I got my account taken away from me at one point from Instagram and I opened a 2.0. That crew is really my people. It's a night and day. You'd be so interested to look at both at like from your psychoanalytic standpoint, if you saw how different they both are. Mm-hmm. And the big account was given back to me. And so I experience a lot of what you experience. I think once you get over a hundred thousand followers, it just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. But this, you know, you speak on the dangers of wokeness, you speak on personal responsibility, you speak on being an adult and what comes with that and the challenges that are just inherent to being an adult, like Mm. fucking deal with it, people. (laughs) And people attack you. So can can you speak a little bit more about like what your message is and then what your experience has been like? So I'm not, um, I wouldn't call myself anti-woke because I don't want to define myself by what I'm against. I'm pro certain things. I'm pro personal responsibility, logic, rationality, being an adult um, and just sort of, and reason. Reason and balance are very, very important to me. So, you know, you can, even though um, there's a lot about wokeness that I find incredibly unnecessary, unhelpful, hyperbolic, you have to look at, um, it's not that they don't have points, but they get lost in, um, they get lost in, in just, in the way their adherents behave, character assassinating people, um, you know, creating narratives. I think that's a big one. Narratives as opposed to facts. Those are two very different things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think social inequality is something that we should care about, but you're not going to get there by creating a different form of social inequality. And you're not going to get there by um, browbeating, you know, groups uh, or sections of the population. Um, and my message, I suppose, more uh, where I've reached now is just, I want for myself, groundedness, balance, and... Um, self-reliance, um, personal responsibility, all those things. And I think I I started talking about these things because I needed it for myself. There was just way too much. Um, the way the messaging comes at you, uh, especially when over the last 18 months we've been so online because there's been nowhere to go physically. So you, you, go, you go places virtually, I guess, and that's social media. Um, so we're connecting, but we're not really connecting because connecting through social media is not, is not anything like a real connection. Um, and there's just such, uh, uh, it's like the whole world is having some form of a meltdown psychologically, um, and in opposing ways. And there's so much that comes, there's a deluge of information that slaps you in the face and I just thought, no, I don't agree with this. And I don't agree with the response to it either. Um, I need to find, I need to keep looking for the sane, balanced place and find somewhere that I can kind of like hang my hat on because I don't want to get swept up at either side of this. Um, and then I started talking about it. And I think, I think my 
my message, if 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 I have one, is um, balance reason. It doesn't matter who makes the point, if it's a good point, even if it's someone you don't like. Um, <clears throat> principles should be consistent. So if someone you don't like does, you know, whatever whatever it is, or someone you like does something that is against your principles, you should have the same approach across the board. I don't think we, because at the moment we're just we're so tribal. Um, so I don't, I don't want to be in a tribe. I'm tribeless. I, I would say I'm politically homeless because I don't want to join any tribe and then just espouse their stupid talking points. And, um, you know, I'm with them and now I'm against you. I just think like, what the hell are we doing? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, um, I don't even know what the right word is. It's just, it's it's exhausting. It's um, it it muddies the mind. I think that's that's what kind of started making me go no, not having this because it muddies your mind. And the second you kind of um, let yourself be repeatedly outraged and um, you know offended at everything, you get activated and you get activated and then your logic turns off and then your logic is off and then you're behaving like a lunatic. And, you know, that's what's happening across the board. So you need to stay balanced. You need to not let yourself get outraged by every other thing. Um, and I suppose that's what I am I want to say to people who I think really want this messaging as well, because I've had such a big response to it, um, that no, let, let, the, let the whole world lose their heads. We don't have to. Yes. I agree. I, it's, it's really disconcerting to watch because it's, people are so triggered and you're right. Activated. My friend who's also a, a psychotherapist, I talk to her every once in a while because she keeps an eye on my account and she keeps an eye on the comments. And so I'm like, Hey, break down what you think happened here. And she'll share with me her thoughts. And really it's a lot of triggered. Um, and I, that's, not meant to be a bad word, you know, the word mm. triggered. I, I get triggered. I acknowledge it. I'm like, I'm triggered right now. Why am I triggered? What what, what am I sitting with here? What 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 why did this rile me up? You know? Yeah. Um, and so people get really mad whenever I say, like, you know, if you're triggered and then they freak out, but they freak out about everything, it seems. I think at this point I could say the sky is blue and people would still lash oh, out. You'll in, say the sky is blue and someone will come and say, Look at this fucking guy. She doesn't know about nighttime. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. And we can't actually encompass everything we are thinking in 400 characters. And so then they get mad. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if I don't have a disclaimer. And then, you know, you said something that I loved. You did a post on what about isms. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Because all the whole 18 months, I'd say, hey, if you strength train and you put muscle on your body, it really gives you some insurance against the the repercussions of getting a viral infection and people would say, well, what about quadriplegics? And I'm like, what? It's just, it's just <laughs> straw manning, isn't it? It's just, that's the, the, the internet is basically one giant, you know, um, example of logical fallacies. Yes. And if you say it does, it again, like, um, you know, put on some muscle that's, that oh, obvious, you know, of self-evidently, if you put on some muscle, it's going to be good for your health, whatever the context. Um, and, to be offended by that is just that speaks to where we are. That you could be offended by something that innocuous. And then what about mm -hmm. quadriplegics? Well, what about the monkeys in the Amazon rainforest? I didn't talk about them either, did I? You know, like 
<laughs> it's, yeah, there's got to be some disclaimer. Or if I say eat healthfully, they'll say, what about people who live in food deserts? It's like, I can't literally save the whole world. Yeah, it's I'm an just Instagram trying to give... post, not a fucking dissertation. You know, like... <laughs> right. Oh, I know, I know. And it's, I learned something when I was in higher education. You know, I went to school back before sort of, and I'll just preface this. I was a liberal before all this started. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I was raised by conservative, you know, I would say, you know, moderate conservatives and um, lived in a very liberal town mm-hmm. in Portland, Oregon, very, very liberal profession in naturopathic medicine. And um, to the point where my dad was like 10 years ago, was like, you're lost to me. You're, you're damn liberal. So, I mean, I'm not new to this. I've been in this world. I've hung out with these people, but watching what happened and just the, even my own profession attacking me, I think that was what was most concerning, calling me elitist, ableist, all kinds of nonsense. And I'm like, because I'm doing, our third naturopathic tenant is docere or docere or however you want to pronounce it, doctor is teacher. So I'm, I'm up there like putting my head on the line, taking bullets every single day. And that was my commitment to myself with Instagram was I'm going to show up every day and keep logic flowing as best I can, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try not to, just like you said, I'm going to try not to give into either side and I'm going to try to remain in the middle here. I am tribeless and I am politically, you know, homeless as well. And I, it takes a lot of effort to be a moderate, to be in the middle and try to see both sides and try to look at the things that are very uncomfortable that you don't agree with and try to make some sense out of it and see where these people are coming from. But to have my own profession attack me and call me names when I was trying to help, I was so confused by that because I was like, I couldn't possibly, I got called ableist for telling people to exercise. It turns out, you know, all these months later, study after study shows people who exercise are significantly more bulletproof against this virus than people who don't. And I mean, like, it might be the number one factor that makes the difference for people living through this or not is whether they've exercised prior to coming into COVID. And so, but of course the studies weren't out for that then, but we had them on influenza, we had them on other things. So I would present objective data and say, well, with influenza or with other viruses, these are what, this is what studies have shown. People, people would lose their minds and say, how dare you say such a thing? How dare you um, even bring this up or related to COVID when they were treating this virus, like it was some kind of, what was the ism or the phobe or the, whatever you did that was making ableism, 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 because not everyone can exercise. So therefore I'm a horrible person for saying such a thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course everybody can't exercise, but People who can should, right? Right. And if I mentioned food, Mm -hmm. I was elitist because not everybody can access good nutrition. They can't afford it. I I, I object. I used to be very, 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 very poor. Poor like my shoes were held together with duct tape, kind of poor. And um, you you can find ways. I I ate really... um, that's when I changed my the way I ate, actually, when I was that poor. And I'd go to Aldi or Lidl or places like that and spend, um, you know, very, very little money um, or buy frozen vegetables. and th- So you can. If you if you want to, you can. And I did. So I, I disagree with that, actually. I, I disagree as well. I've been in bankruptcy and I've been poor as shit. And yeah. I... And I was a single mom and I was literally buying food for my daughter to stay healthy and I was choosing to not eat. So I I know how this goes and it is about priorities. I also find that kind of language to be, this is my big thing. And I'd love if we could talk about this. Um, 
when people would come a uh, uh, racist, I got called racist. It doesn't matter what I say. I get called racist. Every single thing I say, they're like, this is coming from white supremacy. This is rooted in white supremacy. I find that to be some of the most um, disempowering language that people could use. And it's always coming from white women. Mm. <laughs> it's always white women coming at me, calling me these names. And I'm thinking, I have worked in community clinics. I've worked with people of color. I've worked with I've been lots of friends. I'm not trying to like qualify it, but like I'm not, this is not a new world to me to hang out with people of all different races, right? Mm. And ethnicities and um, growing up my whole life and living in neighborhoods that were predominantly Hispanic and on and on. Like I, I am not, I'm not an idiot mm. to to the needs of different people and, mm-hmm. and their experiences in the world. I'm not pretending to understand them completely because I haven't lived them, but I honor their lived experiences. I have worked in clinics where people were homeless. People are intelligent, and when you educate them and you empower them with information, they choose better. And so to get called all of these names when I, this was obviously a concerted effort to silence me mm-hmm. uh, on social media. And I think it was by the far left. And I have reasons for saying that, that are run deeper than I can say here. Mm-hmm. But with some investigation, I found out some information, but I will say that that kind of language is so disempowering to say automatically that like, well, what about people of color? They can't access that. What about people who are poor? They can't access that. And I'm like, you know, last time I checked humans were not complete idiots. And when you give them information to do better, they do better. Yeah. So why, what is wrong with sharing education with folks? It's because they are the, okay. So my theory around this is that they actually are, they racially essentialize. So, you know, people of color are all um, virtuous and wonderful just because we are brown or black or whatever. And um, you guys, if you're white, you're just evil because you're white. That's that. And so one, they, they, they're the ones who essentialize. And I think they buy into the idea very strongly that white people are superior, um, much more than than any, you know, like old school racist I've ever come across. It's, you know, nobody has harassed me. No old, no like traditional, let's say, um, racist has harassed me the way the woke racists have ever. So they buy into this idea that white people are superior. And then they treat us, people of color, like we we are fragile, weak, incapable, or they're like their pets or something. And, um, you know, things like like what happened in, in America when they started screaming that that voter IDs are racist. It's like, is it okay to spread around the idea that black people don't know how to get an ID? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. It's it's mind blowing to watch. Yeah. It was it was mind blowing to have it come at me. I was like, where where does this come from? And it's always from these middle-aged white women. You know, and I I'd ask I'd ask him, I'd say, "What are you doing to be helpful?" Okay, I'm trying to be helpful. I'm getting attacked with a billion isms. Mm. What are, what are you doing to be helpful? And they're like, "Well, I stay at home and take care of my kids." And and I'm like, "Good for you. That's yeah. awesome." Yeah. You know, um, I'm out here taking bullets, trying to help people not die I think <laughs> from a virus in general. It's, it's very hard to ignore it when they're attacking you professionally. And I understand why you weren't able to. But I think um, the more sort of airtime and credence we give them, um, the more they... It's like giving them fuel, I think. Mm-hmm. 
And you just have to treat them like what they are, which is just fringe winged nuts who, um, they just aren't um, tethered to reality. They don't know how to behave. All they do is scream, shout. Sh- all they're doing is just shrieking, constantly shrieking about something. Um, and just attacking everybody left, right and center. Like they clearly don't care about any of the groups they pretend to. Um, and I can just say from my personal experience, I'm an Indian immigrant who's neurodivergent with PTSD, gender non-conforming, like all the things that they pretend to care about. Um, and they just, I mean, the way they've gone for my throat, because I don't believe their ideas or, you know, some of the, um, more pop like outspoken trans people who are against um this you know far leftist ideology like Blair White or Buck Angel and the attack and smear them um any per- any black person like Ayan Hersi Ali or there's just so many of them that it, like the people who criticize wokeness aren't to the right it's people across the board who have the ability to um you know, reason <laughs> and have some logic and a conscience. And it's it's not a it's not a coherent these ideas aren't always coherent. And you know when you spoke earlier about you said you as well are tribalist and politically homeless and want to stay in the middle and I just to respond to that point, which is that I don't want to stay in the middle. I want to I want to stay with the truth. That's what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are on the side of the truth. Um, sometimes they are right and they are right that there, there are social inequalities and there are Mm -hmm. things that should be responded to, but everything that they do then gets a reactionary, stupid response. And then the reactionary response that they get, they have an even bigger reactionary response to. And it's just a constant tennis match of nonsense and, um, nonsense and conflict. And, you know, like everything from body positivity, for example, yes, of course, you should not demean people for being overweight. That's horrendous. And no, you shouldn't comment on people's bodies. And no, you shouldn't, you know, yeah, they have a point about that. But obesity does have a have a specific pathology. And it is correlated with so many um, diseases and is sort of, I guess, has a disease pathology of its own. So, I don't know why we can't find some kind of common sense place to land on these arguments, why it always has to be one or the other. Either has to be, you know, body positivity is um, be delusional about what reality is or be demeaning towards anybody who has five extra pounds. Why do we have to always land in these places? And like the same with, with race, like... Of course, there is racism, but just because racism is present doesn't make every country in the West a racist country. That's a big leap of logic. It has to have something very substantive behind it to make a claim like that. But there isn't. All all that's behind it is is a list of a list of assertions. Right. Right. Yeah. And picking sides. It, It seems like you you have to pick a side and then you have, must agree with every single thing that side says. Otherwise yeah. you must be the other. And it, I mean, yeah. early on, early, very early on in the pandemic, I was getting messages from people saying you've been identified 
And I was like, what? Identified and, as what? <laughs> well, I come to find out it was QAnon. I was identified as QAnon. I didn't even know Jesus what QAnon Christ. was. I yeah. was like, I don't even know what that is. And so I started asking my parents because they're, you know, they watch Fox News. And I'm like, what is this? And even they didn't really know. And I started investigating it. And it, it is such a, it's like they had to peg me as some kind of fringe enemy. Yeah. Because I was saying that, and of course, it's it's always this. So it's, um, I must be anti-vax. I must be a COVID denier because I say eat healthy and lift weights and sleep so that you don't get obliterated by this. Like I just went through COVID. It was yeah. no joke. I'm really glad I went into it with my advice yeah. <laughs> intact because it was rough. And my fiance is having a very, very bad time. And I think maybe would have been in hospital or dead if it weren't for all of the things that I was able to help him with. Um so it's like, if you say one thing, then automatically you're something else. And yeah. right now I'm running for a board position for my state association. And we talked off camera and uh, I am automatically being called an anti-vaxxer, which is completely untrue. These people clearly were not in my front room the other night when I was talking to my mom saying, hey, mom, you really, having just lived through this, you, you and dad may want to reconsider not being vaccinated. I think it might be a lot harder on yeah. you guys, you know, but no, no, no. I have to be pegged as something that's the enemy and therefore that's the argument. What is that? Why, where did people lose the ability to think in shades of gray and like entertain nuance and, and just sort of be on, be comfortable with not having a, a clear black or white answer? I think it's just reactivity, isn't it? And social media makes it very, very easy to not engage your brain before you react. Because it's, it's a, it's a sort of zero sum game and most people are hiding behind anonymity. But just so I understand, like, when when they're calling you're not against vaccines are you you just you're just you personally don't want to get vaccinated correct and i'm against mandates yeah i am vaccinated but i'm also against mandates i don't think um and i'm also against just attacking people without hearing their argument which i think is what it sounds like what's happening to you and even if even if i didn't agree that's not a good enough reason to just attack you or attack your character or try and destroy your reputation. It's possible to have relationships with people and not agree with about everything. So um, I lost my mum this summer to COVID um, and I'm still very much um, not okay. And I don't think, I think it'll be years before you get anywhere close to getting a handle on it. But um yeah, it's a it's a serious illness if you have risk risk factors and comorbidities. Um, and of course, uh, I don't know. It's just I I don't know why we we aren't able to hold more than one idea, even if they aren't um, in alignment or whether they're you know maybe they're mutually exclusive. But two things can be true, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when that happened with you and I was just hold, trying to hold a space for you in my heart because I could tell you were struggling. And I, uh, of course you would. Uh, and I, I also saw sort of the tail end of that when you, when you came back and people were such assholes in so many ways. Some of their comments I read, I was just like, what is wrong with people? It's, it's very confusing to me because I think that I don't, I don't care what other people do. I, I never have. I remember being really young and my mom was a hairstylist and pretty much everybody in that salon was, this was in the eighties. 
Um, everyone in that salon was female or gay, gay males or female. Um, I've had tons and tons and tons of friends in the gay community, in the trans community. One of my best friends is trans. Mm. Uh, I, and I have defended all of them tirelessly. I, I, re, I mean, I've jumped on backs of the jocks in high school that were bullying my gay friend. I remember being 15 and thinking, I'm going to fucking die right now because I'm <laughs> literally like jumped on this giant football player's back and was yeah. smashing him in the head. You know, like I was like, I might die. <laughs> I cannot tolerate injustice. Yeah. And I cannot tolerate, I cannot tolerate injustice against people who society has deemed it's okay to, to bully. Yeah. And so it's really weird to me when I see people bullying me or trying, I mean, I don't really care when people come at me. Um, I mean, when they try to hit my character, I'm just like, you know, I just, in my head, I'm giving them the finger, like, whatever, dude, you don't know me. You don't know my story. We don't know each other's stories, right? We don't know people's stories and what they're dealing with, but I just find it so odd that we can't just leave people alone. You know, I have actual medical reasons for not wanting this vaccine. I firmly believe it would kill me, to be honest with you, because of known side effects with the vaccine that have been shared by the manufacturers, right? So mm -hmm. I have my logical reason. It's based in objectivity and it's based in medicine and it's my clinical decision. I had an objective conversation with my daughter. It's called a PARQ and you're probably familiar with it, but for the audience, a PARQ is whenever you're talking to somebody as a health practitioner, you have to legally give them a PARQ and that's where you tell them what the procedure is, what the alternatives are, what the risks are, and then you ask, you see if they have any questions. And so none of that's been done with this vaccine for people. We're not allowed to even have discussions about it without people getting freaked out, canceled, deleted, you know, that's, having their entire the Instagram thing. taken down. <laughs> like we can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, why aren't you vaccinated? I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to disclose my health history to you, let you know why. Mm -hmm. uh, I have my reasons. And when I spoke with my daughter, I had a different kind of park queue with her as a 21 year old woman who probably wants to walk through the world and travel mm -hmm. and have a life. So we had a conversation I and based on her health history. And then I talked to my parents individually based on their health histories. And we had, I had a separate park queue with them. And if you ask any of those three people, they'll tell you in all cases, I never once told any of them not to get vaccinated. And I've had people come at me and say, if your parents die, it's on you. That I'm like, you know, these people are adults that can make decisions if they have information. So that's so nasty. That's so, so low down and nasty to say if your parents die that's on you that's you're not shame on you for saying that it's really. it's like a the tip of the iceberg of what comes at me i've i do believe there was a concerted effort to silence me by the powers that be but we'll, we'll save that for another time anyway why can people just not leave each other alone oh getting back to my my growing up i remember my mom's best friend was gay and he got married i was young and we went to their wedding and um mm -hmm. i remember like my dad being upset about, he wouldn't go. And I was like, why won't you go? And he said, because I don't believe in gay marriage. And I was like, well, who cares? This is Jerry. He's like our family. Like he's family. You know, we love him. And I remember in that moment realizing that there were people who didn't like gay people. And I was so confused. And I was like, I remember thinking, even as a young child, like, who fucking cares? <laughs> like, who yeah, who cares exactly. how people live their life? And this has really come to a head with COVID. Like, people are, you know, wishing us unvaccinated folks death and all kinds of whatever. And it's so confusing to me because it's like, first off, this vaccine does not stop transmission. 
it does not mm-hmm. stop transmission. And so that argument of doing it for the greater good is a moot point. So with that in mind, if people would just, un- it, the manufacturers have come out and said it, Fauci said it, the CDC has said it, it does not stop transmission. It only protects the person taking the vaccine. So why can't we just allow people alone? Like if I wanted to take, if 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 my fiance wanted to take his chances with maybe being hospitalized or dead, that was on him. That wasn't even on me to decide. Not even my responsibility, right? Like watched one of my best friends die of cancer, watched everyone attack him for not doing this, that, and the other. And I'm like, just leave him alone. It's his journey. Like, why can't we as humans leave people alone? I think this is just this one. So if we're just going by this example, one I feel very similar to you is that um, not even that I don't care. It doesn't occur to me to be interested in what somebody else is doing. Um my, I have my own shit going on, sorry, that I'm busy with and that I can't, I don't have the time to think about your shit. <laughs> Mine has got my hands full. Um, and, but with, with this issue specifically, I think it's really complicated and really emotionally charged because, um, the pandemic has impacted everybody and in so, so many different ways. Like lockdowns clearly are just sending people over the edge. Um, you know, like emotionally, like businesses have gone under. And just some of the statistics from the longest um, lockdown were really worrying. Things like drug overdoses and, um, you know, domestic violence was up and there was just a lot going on. So I think everybody's on edge Every and everybody's been in a bit of a pressure cooker. And then you combine that with American elections and then you combine, you know, a lot of different things are happening all at once. And each of these issues seem to have divided people further into more and more into factions. And, you know, wherever somebody lands on one issue seems to be that then you can quite accurately predict where they land on every other issue. For some reason, it's it's like that. Um and yeah, this one is is a difficult one because, like me, many people have lost people they love, um, and I think that can make you feel very strongly and feel that you know why isn't everybody just getting vaccinated or they don't understand things like um, it does not stop transmission. So you know if you're worried about your own risk, go and get vaccinated. You don't need everybody around you vaccinated. You're vaccinated. That's That'll keep you safe enough. Um, or just, you know, the comorbidities around it. Or um, I think also people are, are really burnt out mm-hmm. from the last few years and they want it to end. And I think, I think there's... What my theory around this is that some people have taken all that anxiety and all that pressure cooker stuff from the last few years and some people have put it on the virus and some people have put it on the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so there's literally people who think that um, the vaccine is some kind of conspiracy by the government to do something to you. And then there's others who think um, the virus is is worse than the worst plague I don't know it's just there's a lot there's a lot out there I try not to look at it because you know I I like to guard my mind and not fill it with garbage so I don't I don't look at every everything that everyone says <laughs> that's a good but, that's a good uh, strategy <laughs> entertain entertaining some of this craziness is 
it's, it's yeah no I don't like I did for a bit now I just no thank you sorry <laughs> like I I'm grieving I have my own stuff you you carry on shrieking I'll I'll have my nice quiet peaceful life um but that's it's it's a very 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 complicated one and then the other thing is that social media allows people to bully ha- allows bullying to happen at scale that's what cancel culture is mm-hmm. bullying at scale so, you know, so you take as emotionally charged this is, as much of a pressure cooker environment everyone's been in, different people have put their anxieties on either the virus or on the vaccine. And both are often not um, necessarily based in logic. And um, and then you add social media into the mix and the other political stuff. And then this sort of social... Um, this 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 implicit agreement that it's acceptable to harass people or assassinate their character or leave nasty comments and we behave like it's common but it's not normal it's not really um it's not it's not it's we're not we're opening a really bad door this is going to be very difficult to walk back um what's happened in the last 18 months very very difficult to walk back so it's you know the best that we can do as people who are public facing and maybe we have a heterodox views is um just when if someone comes at you more than once block them like and I don't look at what people say about me because I'm not interested it's not changing it's not changing reality what they say doesn't change who I actually am or what I'm doing. Um, and they don't deserve my attention, frankly, so they don't get it. Um, and we just have to we just have to sort of stride forward and do our best to stay by our principles and stay with um, the truth that we can know to the best of our ability and 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 do our best to just, you know, stay sane and balanced. I love it. It's so true. They, they can't, I, I always say like, they can't cancel me if I refuse to be canceled. <laughs> mm, well, they, they, I mean, it's, it's difficult because like on one hand, you know, like they've been getting into your board and whatever they're trying to do there. And they really like the way they, it, it's very pathological. Some of this stuff, it's very, very sick stuff. And you know, contacting people's employers or their boards mm-hmm. or um I saw one the other day and this was not from the left, this was from the right. Um there's a girl I am mutuals with on Twitter who has an OnlyFans account and some, you know, bloody anti sex worker nutcase was coming at her. Like, I wouldn't have an OnlyFans account, but if you want to have one, that's your business and I don't give a shit. They're not my boobs everybody's looking at, so <laughs> right. I don't care. I don't care, right? But someone was, um, this person made a fake Reddit post pretending to be her children saying, um, oh, my mom is hurting me by doing this or something like that. And then was going through, somehow found out who her ex-husband was and was sending her ex-husband screenshots and saying your whore ex-wife is endangering your kids, caused us some custody problems. This is disgusting, oh, you know? No. And we've socially enabled this. It's absolutely sick to mm-hmm. do that to someone. And both fringes behave this way. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not acceptable. 
No, no, that's a, that is terrible. That's, it's, oh, it, it hurts my heart that people would take that strategy. It's such a low brow way to go. And I, I guess I just don't ever consider assassinating someone's character. I, I, I would never consider that. Like I let people dig their own graves, you know, if they're going <laughs> to, if they're going to, if they're going to dig a grave, like go for it, <laughs> have fun, but it's none of my business. It really isn't. And it, you know, what people do in their own homes is none of my business and what, how people vote is none of my business. I, I, it's, it's very interesting to me, you know, being sick the past few weeks has given me a lot of clarity because I've been on my deathbed with viruses before and I've come out of it. And when I get, I've been very sick before with pneumonia, I've I've been very, very sick throughout my life Mm -hmm. several times. And I, it gives me sort of, um, a different set of goggles, like the veils come down and I can start to see things a lot more clearly. And this last stint, I had so much clarity through the fevers and through, you know, going through just knowing like, okay, this is the long haul. I, I'll get through this just like I always do. And I remembered something. I, my mentor died in 2013. And I, I remember walking around for almost like, gosh, a year with what I call grief goggles, where it takes the shine right off everything and everything's gray. It's like pewter. It's like looking through pewter lenses. And you can just, when people come at you with their niceties or their or their um, insults, you can see right through the nonsense so fast because it's the true. veils so are missing. Have, yeah, it does. Yeah, I know exactly have what you Have you been mean. experiencing that with um, your, as you've been grieving your mom's, lo- the loss of your mom? I've experienced that more um, in the past when I've been unwell with depression. Mm, exactly that it's like all the um I like the way you put it the veils it's just something about that social facade that just um it's just not you don't have the energy for it so it goes away and something in your thinking changes as well when you're in that place but you know what you just said about having been ill and almost dying a few times that makes so much sense why you're really out there advocating for how people can look after their health it just made that all click into place why this is such a almost a crusade for you This episode of The Dr. Tina Show is brought to you by my own line of supplements that you can find in both of my stores. If you haven't checked them out yet, I would love for you to hit pause and go ahead and check them out. My first store is my main supplement store. Wonderful line of supplements in there that you cannot find anywhere else. Proprietary blends, things that I have helped develop specifically for all of your needs. My second store I'm so excited about, but no one really knows about. That's my drtinahemp.com store. It's a CBD product line. I've got some of the best CBD on the market. It is high potency, high concentration, full spectrum, wonderfully, wonderfully sourced CBD. And I want you to check that out. Both stores are on sale right now. 20% off Black Friday sale from now until November 29th, 2021. So go check them out. Use the code BLACKFRIDAY20 in either store to get 20% off. You can find those at store.drtina.com. That's my main supplement line. You can find tank tops, t-shirts, and other cool swag in there. And then my CBD store would love for you to go check out drtinahemp.com. Take advantage of the 20% off sale. Get what you need for your family and friends. We know that a lot of the products that people are ordering are sitting outside on tankers and can't get them into the United States because of the administration. So shop locally, get what you need. We'll ship them out within a few days. You can give them out as presents. 
I've just been, I'm so grateful that you came on to talk about all these things. I know we didn't have an agenda specifically, but it was, yeah, Yeah. totally. I I agree. And I, I really love your perspective and I honor where you're coming from. And I'm glad that we can have these conversations because I I think if more people could have conversations, even if they don't agree on every point, we would be in a far better place as a society. That's partly why I wanted to come and speak to you is because I guess I do have a slightly different perspective on, on vaccines. And I think it's important to show people that you don't have to have the same perspective and you can still find common ground in other places. You can still be friends and you don't have to sling feces at each other like <laughs> like monkeys like <laughs> cheeky monkeys <laughs> you can be- just it's okay it's okay <laughs> not to agree like you know absolutely well that's how we get further that's 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 what I took out of higher education. That's what I was meant to circle back and say. I, you know, I, there were a lot of things I learned in college, but predominantly undergrad, medical school, all of my training was really just tolerance and being able to hear differing views and have conversations with people I wasn't completely in agreement with. And that's okay, right? Like, I don't need. Well, therapists listen and empathize with views that are radically different to our own every day. And somehow we don't die. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> right. try it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, as a physician in practice, I had to do the same and everything was okay, right? Everybody was, everybody got, got through it. So not just that, but if you don't listen to people who have different ideas to you, you're not going to ever refine or evolve your thinking um, ever. So, you know, speaking to you today, now I'm going to go and think about, well, okay, yeah, there's the, there are preventative things that could help people. Why aren't we talking about this? Or go away and think about, um, you know, why is it, why is, one at this point, especially, why aren't governments um, sharing that information widely? Um, why are people who only oppose one vaccine, who've taken every other vaccine in their life, being called anti-vaxxers? Well, that's not accurate, is it? Or fair? So yeah, that's stuff for me to go and think about and refine my thinking around. Absolutely. And then just understanding too, like you mentioned, cultural differences, um, access, but that's been a huge, I mean, I, I cannot believe we're rolling out boosters here in the U S when there's other countries that don't even have vaccination yet at all, Mm. you know, like these are bigger conversations, but there's so much to this that, like I said, it it swims in my head and I don't talk about it very often because there's so much to it. I don't have anyone I can talk to. I mean, my fiance is sick of hearing it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he's like, whatever. Um, and I just, it's, it's been a really interesting ride and, coming into it with the perspectives we have. At least we have our Instagrams. And so I hope people will go, <laughs> will you share what your Instagram handle is and where people can find you? And if there's any other website or anything you want to share, please do. Um, my Instagram is my name, Sirat K. Chawla, which hopefully you can put in your note because no one's going to. Um, and then my website is the same, siratkchawla.com. And my Twitter is the same, um, just to keep it all consistent. And I've just um uh started a backup Instagram where I'm gonna post um probably more my tweets rather than what I post on my main Ooh. page. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I just saw that you have a Twitter and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I I really enjoy the way your your mind works. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this today and and keep up the good fight. You too. Keep telling us Thank how to you. stay healthy. It's important. We need it. great thank you thanks for listening to the dr tina show 
Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A, and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.